Well, your podcast tonight is going to be short and sweet, and it's also going to be without head coach Aaron Fox due to technical difficulties. The difficulty being that I didn't press record on my phone. So we've come into the media room, and it's not a happy media room right now because A, they're all feeling pig sick because they're full of chocolate and Kit Kats. How many are you just putting in your bag there, Hayley? Not, uh, not enough. Um, and secondly, there's a little bit of a Wi-Fi issue. And when we've made an official request to the arena for where's the Wi-Fi, Dom Stokes just said to me, the Wi-Fi box is eaten by a Kit Kat. <laughs> Dom uh, won't be joining us. Bob Westerdale's here. He'll join us in a second. Kieran's here. Hayley's here. Dean's here. And, of course, Jonathan Fernley's here. Jonathan, what did we make of that one tonight? I was really entertained. Um, I've seen a few things on social media that, oh, we've got to tighten up defensively. No, win games like that. We've had some sort of tight defensive 3-1-3-2 dull games. That wasn't dull. I was enjoying that from the first minute to last. More games like that, please. I'll forgive the defensive frailties if the goals are going to flow at the other end. And maybe the most entertaining period of all was the first one, nil-nil. Yeah, it was a really entertaining game. Um, Because although Aaron did mention the shot count it's like 15-3 18-3 something like that but those three star shots were scoring chances so in terms of scoring chances it was pretty even even though the shot count was lopsided because a couple of Steelers power players in there just uh, just tipped the numbers a little bit but once the goals came um, you always felt that the Steelers would continue to score because we looked like a more potent offence when uh, Evan Mosey plays as a forward so you always felt there was goals in the team tonight but as the stars kept fighting back I just felt that Steffield just got that little bit extra. And, you know, had the Stars made it 5-all, I think the Steelers would have won it 6-5. It just felt like one of those games where the Steelers always had just enough to stay in front. Did Barry Brust have a good game or not tonight? I only saw a couple of the goals. Was he, will he be disappointed in a couple of those? There weren't mistakes, but... Couple of a couple of times you can, you can do better. There were a couple of, same for Morrison as well, there were a couple of goals that were scored off rebounds. Think, well, that's a big hard shot and you've got to save the first one, but could the rebound have been controlled to a different area? Maybe. Is there an element of luck as to whether a defenceman gets his stick to it first or the forward? Yeah, maybe. So, not at fault for the goals, but not his cleanest game. Did you ever think we were in trouble, even at 2-2-3-3-4-4? Two, two, three, three, four, four? No. No, I didn't think we were in trouble. Um... But I never thought the game was, was won. I thought it might be one that would have to go on and be won in overtime. You know, I said before already that if they'd made it 5 all, we'd have just won it 6-5 or 7-6. Or, because they'd always felt like every line had a goal in it tonight. And uh, the line combinations were, were new and fresh and kind of forced upon Aaron because of uh, John Armstrong being missing. And they often got mixed up as well following uh, different power plays and penalty kills. But it didn't seem like it really mattered too much who was out there. The Steelers had no trouble getting the puck into dangerous areas and, and creating scoring chances. 40 shots on the night is, uh, you know, that was... We've had 40 shots against five and only scored two or three. Um, we look much more potent tonight. OK. I was just a little bit distracted because I just looked down and saw the photograph on your AAA pass and it's... Dean, have you seen this? <laughs> Take a look at that photo. What you can't see in that photo is that I'm holding the Challenge Cup down on the ice in Cardiff, oh, so uh, uh, that's why I'm quite so pleased. Uh. Okay. Just, just quickly, uh, Kieran, what, what, what's, uh, what are our fan base saying uh, on social media? At the, I, I dare say they don't quite agree with Jonathan. They like the close games. I think they're uh, ready for a, a big uh, yeah, win over someone, but overall, generally up and, and I've got to mention it, what a finish to the night. Kit Kat, get that, I think is the term, and... Uh, Great effort by everyone involved, but uh, no, I think I think on the Barry situation, I don't think I can mention to that he's, he certainly weren't happy with his performance. But uh, 
a win's a win, and I've, I've kept saying it all season. I don't think you remember how you win if we're lifting the trophy at the end of the season. I have to say, I think this could be the first and last Kit Kat night because I think the arena, the ice engineers, and everybody aren't best pleased with it at the moment. And uh, just, just quickly on uh, John Armstrong. Uh, in the interview that we failed to record, or I failed to record, um, Aaron uh, seemed to think he might well be back in the lineup for tomorrow's game in Glasgow. Yeah, it's like he just picked up a little uh, sort of 24, 48-hour bug and, uh, you know, if he's going to come out uh, the right side of it and can cope with uh, a few hours on a coach tomorrow, then I certainly think that, that, that'll help us because it'll be a very different... <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be a very different game in Glasgow. So we've seen the two games here, you know, three two games and... They are a team that will keep it tight, Glasgow. Dundee got two goals with their third line. I'd be surprised if Glasgow do that tomorrow. I know the second and third line got the goals the last time they were here, but they're more about the top line, more about War and Yellowhorn and, and getting the goals from their, their big players. So the Steelers just need to you know, keep them quiet and squeeze a few at the other end. It feels like another game the Steelers are going to have to win 3-2. And he always liked that extra big body playing on the road that, uh, that Armstrong offers. We'll talk Belfast Cardiff in a second. I can see Bob packing up his bags. What was your take on that one tonight, Bob? I could perhaps help you on the Brust scenario. Please. Uh, whether he feels he played well or not, because I've just interviewed him and on his way out the press room, he said, why don't you interview me when I've played something well? I can't remember <laughs> what the something word was. Uh, so I, he obviously doesn't think he's done particularly well. Uh, but nonetheless, two more points. Yeah. How do you see this whole title developing now, Bob? You, we're, we're in the hot seat, aren't we? Yeah. Those five games against Belfast that remain and how the scheduling has worked with that are going to be critical, aren't they? If I am honest, Belfast do worry me a bit. I think they've got some firepower there. Um, and I think it might well be that's where the championship is settled. Interview that guy is more interesting than me. No, doubt he's been interviewed a few times and he's he's not very well at the moment. I think he got a puck in the ear or something. He's deaf in one ear tonight. So um, so he's, he's not having the uh, the best of times. Just, but, to, just to help you out with... Uh, my yeah, help us out, is, is that uh, when you watch Dane Todd play, um, I, I just think he's such an outstanding talent and we didn't know him from a hole in the wall, did we, uh, no. a year ago. Um, can we buy him up for next year, please, David? Can you sort that out tonight? I'm sure. I'm sure it's just a it's just a pay issue, isn't it? Uh, he's, I would have think he's had two years off, didn't he? And that's why he's over here. And I think the very thought of Todd being in this league probably two years ago, one year ago, wasn't something that he would have, have, have envisaged. He would have been in mainland Europe. So I'm guessing. If he can have a year that's injury-free, I would imagine the European clubs would, would come perhaps yeah. back in for him. I, I don't want this to sound like a knock on the Elite League, but every time a player comes over here and you think, wow, they're good, you then wonder, well, why are they here? There must be a reason. And, and, and he's here because of the injuries. And, and sometimes it's injuries or they've had a year out or it's family or it's they want the university course or whatever. There's, there's usually a reason. Um, but sometimes, you know, you can, you can catch a gem and... You know, if you impress them enough and they love the surroundings, you might be able to convince them to stay. On another matter, um, I think everybody should um, be pleased that Hodgman and Jones put in such good shifts tonight because uh, what they did by going public with their inner demons 
was tremendously brave and, and well received by everybody. Oh, wasn't completely. It? The feedback was was enormous. <laughs> and I, it's not you know it's not me. I'm just the words guy. But he, uh, you know, Hodge in particularly got an absolute flood of support. And who knows how many people that sort of thing might help. I mean, we all come in, we all do the band, we watch the games, but we don't really know what it's like when you go back to your apartment, uh, possibly on your own or sharing it with somebody. Uh, and you've got a lot of downtime and you know like he, t- he told me at one point that he doesn't venture out much uh, a phrase which I found quite haunting but the very fact he would share that information um, and he wanted to and it was he who contacted me um, I, I just think good for him and I hope the rest of his life you know gets a lot better than the last 10 years of this bit isn't it always the way as well that if you'd have said that was one of our players, Hodgman wouldn't have been the guy you naturally thought of because he's so upbeat, so glass half full, so smiley faced. It's why you know depression and you know other mental illnesses are are so difficult to you know to diagnose in other people because you you cannot tell from looking what's going on inside somebody's mind, and you know sometimes they'll be giveaway, you know telltale signs, but you know you know the happy smiley guy. Well, we've seen that. You know, in a, in other people in the past, and that's not been that's, that's the face they put on, but it's not representative of what's going on inside. I think one thing that you know Justin has realised through saying what he said is just how much love there is for him from this club. Um, he's made such an impact with his play um, on the ice, but he now has you know a lot of fans for reasons other than that, mm-hmm. and you know he's going to be you know. A lot more respected around the league because of uh, the things that he's been able to say. That's a great point about uh, he's the smiley one of the team, he's the one that you always associate with having fun. A point I made to him, uh, and it's sort of the tears of a clown in sort of reverse in a, in a way. But the other thing is Sam Jones, young kid, what is he, 24 years old, um, and he took it really badly when his form wasn't so brilliant. He's dropping uh, of his eyes time. Um, but he got over it with a bit of help. God bless the NHS. Um, and how fantastic it is for him as well. You know, a kid that age, you don't, or you think he, you know, they'd just be machine gunning out game after game, enjoying themselves, going on the drink, finding young ladies, all the rest of it. But he too has struggled. So you're right. You never know, do you? You never know who's going to pop for mental health issues. Okay. Go on, Kieran. There's two points I just want to make on that. What one is? I hope it just makes everybody think again when they're posting on social media oh, and, and, and tagging people in and, and everything else, whether it's players, backroom staff, everything else. It's a sport. I get people are going to be critical and everything else, but I just hope people press, just take that step back before they press tweet or Facebook send or whatever, whatever it is next time and when you don't realise what sports people or everybody in real life is going through. And the second point, which we put on a lot of posts, is this works the other way around. If there's people out there struggling as well, there's a lot of faces that can... Talk to people at this club. I, I would add to that. It's a great point you make there. Um, there's one particular halfwit who's given me all sorts of uh, difficulties online, um, on Twitter in particular, uh, over the years. And I noticed he was one of the very few people who normally uh, in, uh, interact with me who didn't say anything once that Hodgman story came up. Because, you know, if you can't warm to that, the fact giving his inner self for the whole purpose of self-therapy and helping others, there's something wrong with you. And that guy, whose name I won't use, uh, who's to say that, you know, 
you know, does he realise, does anybody realise when they do make these outrageous, unpleasant expressions on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, the damage that they do? And, well, and let me just put a point here. I'm pretty thick-skinned. I don't know anybody probably more thick-skinned than you. And we've both had. Mm. And it does get you. And perhaps we have a facage that I always try and shrug it off. And sometimes it does really affect yeah. you. Dean was over there uh, when we came back from Denmark. I had an incident. And wow, we just absolutely ripped your stomach. But of course, you put your shoulders back and you, you fub it off and you, you, you roll with it. And I'm sure you've had incidences like mm. that. But not everybody has that kind of... It does bite, doesn't it? We say we shrug it off, but sometimes we say we shrug it off because we haven't. Mm. And, you know, I haven't got the balls to do what uh, Justin did. But it, it does affect you and it unnerves your confidence and it makes you feel quite aggressive. And that's not a good thing, no. is it? No. You do but, want to grab the people who do it, don't you? Yeah, and that, that's your natural, yeah. I wish I could, yeah. uh, I wish I could grab them. Uh, uh, as you well know, Dave, I've, been, I've only done this for... Nearly two years now, and on a few occasions, you'll know I've nearly shut that computer down and said I've never. Well, Denmark, you know, you know, just just Denmark was. Uh... Well, yeah, and, and exactly that, and again, I've got many many people around me that have helped in those situations, a lot worse situations I've gone through, but not everybody has that. So again, I know I'm, I'm repeating myself, but just think, just think about what you're posting, and is it is it really needed? Just take a take a breath and uh, think about the bigger picture. I when I had my bad fair. moments, all I had was Dean. <laughs> I think it's only fair as I brought this uh, this debate into the public that I should get an OBE or something oh, like yeah. that. Could you help Do me out? Dr. West, no <laughs> Just before you go, because I know you've got your coach, you're struggling to put that on, actually. You're struggling to get yourself to that. Robert Dowd. He, he went from four goals needed, three goals needed, two goals needed, one goal needed very quickly. But he's kind of a bit of a road. Was that always going to happen, a bit of a stumbling block? I don't think that's as big a story as you and the club and a lot of other people think it is. Yes, it'd be nice if he overtakes um, Ligui into third place. But, you know, I don't think it bothers him much. It doesn't bother me much. I think it's just a, a sort of... Uh, it's a bit of froth on the side, a bit of peripheral. So the Manchester United top goal scorer, if somebody came along, that. if Rashford all of a sudden, miracle of miracles, actually started scoring and then overtook whoever Manchester, that wouldn't be a big story? Because it's a big story to us. It'd be a big story if Greenwood did. But, yes. <laughs> no, I, I just think that... Um, oh God, that was tacky, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. uh, I just, just tabloid past, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I was catching up with me. Um, uh, I, I think... He would want goals every week in every game, whether or not it impinges on the Guiz record. And it, let's face it, it will happen, and it will happen in the next couple of weeks. Okay, we'll let you go on. Thank you, sir. Yeah, Dad scored six in six games to get him one behind. Yeah, he's now just not scored in his last four. Well, that's, you know, four without a goal is not a you know particularly bad. Not, record a drought, is not at all, because okay, he's just. Okay, let's move the goalpost. He scored six in his last ten. That's fine. Nothing wrong with that. He actually so, had a couple of great chances for this period. Yeah, that's the thing. Is you know he had a goal that was disallowed the other week. There was a penalty behind the play, and he's had a couple of good looks at goal. So the chances are there, and it's Robert Dowd will score soon enough. So yeah, nothing to worry about. But the bigger picture is the Steelers keep winning, and uh, you know there's always a look over the shoulder because uh, you know Cardiff and Belfast both picked up points tonight. So let's let's go let's go through that one. The Cardiff Belfast, I think. Most of us were kind of hoping Cardiff would win that in regulation, uh, just naturally. Aaron Fox, however, had a different view on it. And he actually says, I wouldn't mind a Belfast win tonight because Cardiff and Belfast are done after tonight's game. 
and he felt that Cardiff had a little bit of an easier, an easier running. It was a different way he'd looked at it. Yeah, I can see the sort of benefits of Cardiff losing, you know, for a second time. But Cardiff have won both home games they've had against Belfast. Um, and you're sort of thinking, well, OK, if Belfast win again tonight, Cardiff have played so many more games that you might be able to just pull away with your games in hand. But all three teams fighting for this league championship have got the ability to win 10 straight, 15 straight, you know, 20 games, 20 games to go, win 18 of them. So it's just down to those head-to-head matchups, really. That series against Belfast, those five games, it's going to be terrific, isn't it? But there's three at the end of the season. You're thinking, could the Steelers get seven in front before those final three? There's a possibility. There's a scenario in which that happens, but it's that first road double header against Belfast. If the Steelers, you know, sweep it, that could be Belfast out of it by the time Belfast get another crack at the Steelers. If Belfast sweep it, it's all bets on, isn't it? Then the Steelers are going to be, you know, maybe playing catch-up even. Um, It's just a terrific title fight. We've not had a a proper three-way one like this for uh, for quite a while, so it's exciting Belfast as well, they kind of take a couple of years off, don't they? And then they come back with a great side and, and give the ball a kick, and they've certainly done that this year. Yeah, it's a team of, it's a largely a new team, a bit like Cardiff at the reset button this year, new coach, whole lot of new imports. It's mainly a new team over in But Belfast kind of tend to do that well. more than more than most, don't they? Because of their they set up with the university and the MBAs there. They did, but I mean earlier on in the sort of uh, you know the Keith run, they did have a, a little bit longer of a run, but you know it's Beskarawani, you know, Murphy and uh, you know Kevin Ray about the only ones that have really survived from uh, you know from the last elite league season, but I don't think the Steelers fans necessarily and I'm including myself in this Realise how good Belfast are. You might have seen them on TV, but the only time we've seen them in person, Steelers were five 0 up after twenty minutes. I don't think we've really seen um, Belfast at their best. We have seen Cardiff at their best. They won five nil here, so we know what they're all about. Um, and I don't think we know exactly what uh, what Belfast are at, the, are at their best. Okay, Jonathan's going to leave us now. He's got to take his dad home. Go on, Jonathan. Off he goes. But Pete Spencer is just... Oh, hold on a second. You, you, you can come and join us. It means you're walking six feet. Uh, Pete Spencer's just wandered into the media. Oh, I can't. Shall I come to you, Kieran? Is he a bit, is he a bit tough, is it? Oh. We're taking a bit of abuse on Facebook for uh, the, the score being posted wrong on Facebook. I just want to put out there, it's not me or you, Dave, that's been... Uh, Apparently it's gone out as four two. That's not. Who's like, put that out? I think that's. I think that's a Dave Burnham Steelers oh. TV. I, mean, I just want to. I just want to cover myself there a little bit. Mm. Yeah. Other than that, everything good to go. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you've just stood there and said oh, all the abuse, and now you've just carved Burnham or something. The genius that is. Uh, Pete looks very busy at the moment. You got anything interesting to add to the debate, Dean? Oh. So you were on the bench tonight. Any, any interesting stories? Any 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 stories? Nothing. No, pretty run of the mill on the bench. <laughs> and only to say, obviously, Dave Burnham can do no wrong. You can't make 14 mistakes and then get out of your pram about one mistake made by somebody else, Kieran. This is the guy that butchered it when we were 30,000 feet up in the air in Denmark it. and he had the whole of the social media platform. And what was that even over? Oh, that was over video game, wasn't it? That was over the uh, oh, the stream, webcast. Streamgate. Streamgate, stream yes. Yes. Because as you know, I, I, I made all the decisions on all... Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, we, we, now we've started... The best WhatsApp message was when we got off the plane at Amsterdam and we look at the WhatsApp, there's a great message from Sean Smith <laughs> to, to Kieran that just says, Kieran, go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> 
Pete, don't throw anybody under the bus here. We've just had this whole mental health issue um, debate here. And uh, I see the chocolate cake's all disappeared pretty much. Your thoughts on that one, Pete? I'm staying out of uh, out of all the controversy. So uh, yes, yes, right. but uh, no, it was it. You're good. the BBC. You don't do right, that. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Impartiality and all that. Yeah. No, I stay out of it. Um, yeah, I thought you know we're, we were quite critical after last week's game against Fife, and and maybe should we have put the game away earlier? I thought Dundee was fully deserved to be in amongst that game tonight. I thought it was a great game for the neutral. Uh, you know, it was back and forth, back and forth. You know tie it up, uh, Sheffield take the lead. I thought it had everything. You know, Tanner Eberle, first penalty shot of the season in open play, I think. You know, he puts that away. Um, I thought it had everything. Um, maybe, a, you know, Tanner's a bit a bit self-critical, maybe that, you know, should be putting a few more chances away, but obviously he's coming back from injury, isn't he? So, you know, it, it takes time, especially the injury that he's got at the moment. But I thought, you know, it was good to see Obviously, with Armstrong out of the lineup, it was good to see Mosey move up as a forward. I always think we get a bit more out of him when he, he moves up and he plays there. Bit of a different look to some of the lines tonight. So, yeah, plenty of talking points. OK, all good. That's Pete Spencer. He'll be uh, bringing you lots of interviews. Who did you interview today? Tanner and... Tanner and Aaron. And Aaron, OK. So, from Dean, from Kieran, who's just thrown Dave Burnham under the bus, uh, and Pete Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Dave. Love you, Dave, yeah. <laughs> Dave, Dave, just before, second, you, just before you cut off the podcast, just open your laptop. Just open your uh, laptop. Oh, no, oh, people have been messing with my laptop. Oh, it's disgusting. Honestly, you all think Dean Willie's a nice guy. He's not. And the best pictures always come from Ailey Roberts. Anyway, folks, we'll see you next weekend. We've got a double header weekend. I don't know what we'll do on the podcast. We'll probably do a long one Saturday, a short one Sunday. But uh, thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks for the Kit Kat. Though I do think... It was a one night only. Well, we got about 600 to eat here. Well, 400. Kieran's had 200 already. <laughs>